We've got a gunman on the loose, so let's track him down. Today I'm talking about To Catch a Killer. This is God's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Hello, movie friends. Welcome to Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. I am Scott, and today I am talking about a recent uh, kind of procedural murder mystery, um, you know, tracking a police movie called To Catch a Killer. I think it's pretty good. It has some very appealing elements, but just one major tweak that I think prevents it from being something great. So without further ado, let's get started. There's part of me that thinks Silence of the Lambs broke police procedurals and mysteries, at least as movies. While the film definitely has problematic problematic elements front and center, the filmmaking chops on display from Jonathan Demme and two Academy Award-winning performances at the center with the characters who are trying to solve the central mystery is impossible to replicate or best. As such, a lot of the more modern police movies add in other elements besides mystery solving, including action, comedy, political themes, or even horror to bring the audience in. Especially when there's a couple thousand episodes of Law & Order they can check out on almost every television channel. I say all of that to say that I can see why this procedural about a recurring spree shooter went under the radar. On New Year's Eve in Baltimore, the city is rocked when a sniper takes out a number of random folks enjoying celebrations before disappearing via fireworks and a massive explosion from his perch. One of the first officers on the scene is beat cop Eleanor Falco, who takes a personal interest in the case and garners the attention of Special Agent Lamarck from the FBI. Now Lamarck and Falco will work together and against the city and FBI bureaucracy to find and take the killer down before he strikes again. So this movie is fine. It's watchable, not terrible, but also not great. If anything, it scratches that thrill of the chase hunt and hunt itch that procedurals can provide as Falco and Lamarck go through clues, talk to witnesses and suspects, and work back around when the shooter strikes again or someone in either local or national government makes a hasty decision. So what does this movie get right? An awful lot, but it has one flaw that undermines its best features. Good feature number one is a solid look. I'd be very surprised if writer-direction Damia Safran didn't cite David Fincher as an influence because he's got his dimly lit visual, stound, uh, visually lit dim, uh, visual style down to a T. I think this works really well in dark procedurals for adults like this because it matches the brooding and dark undertones of what everyone is trying to figure out. That said, the film also isn't afraid of light and emphasizes feeling and looking natural versus a strong color palette. It makes a city feel like a city and all of the locations feel like real places. For instance, the giant FBI office is full of windows, which also reinforces the idea that everyone's eyes are on this all of the time, because sometimes they literally are. Good feature number two are great central performances. Shailene Woodley and Ben Mendelsohn are ideal performers for these roles, both because they're good actors and also because these roles play to their strengths. Woodley's Falco is what I will lovingly call, dam lovingly call damaged goods. She's a bit too eager to solve this, almost like she's trying to prove something to herself rather than get a promotion, which is what put her puts her on Lamarck's radar in the first place, along with general competence. Woodley's a strong enough performer that when all of her baggage spills out, it makes sense. 
Meanwhile, Mendelssohn is so good at these slightly gruff but ultimately softy mentor figures. The thing I like about Lamarck, both in performance and as a character, is that he clearly has a good read on people and situations, hence why he can push on Falco's background just the point where she spills the beans and then offer a car the carrot and support. But he's also so frustrated by all the political maneuvering he has to do to do his job. Which brings me to the third great feature, a takedown of government responses. One of the things that is most frustrating about big organizations and governments is how the importance seems to be on maintaining power or public perception versus doing the best thing. Lamarck is the movie's voice of reason, trying to tell city officials and FBI brass that they need to be methodical and safe and avoid rash decisions in the hope of getting closure. And there's literal violent aftermath every after uh, for uh, every time a group of law enforcement doesn't listen to him. And this is a real thing. If you watch any true crime doc, there's a good chance that political influence or meddling hurt the investigation and allowed a criminal to go free, get away, or keep at it for much longer than should have been possible. It's very real and suitably infuriating. The weakness? It's soft on themes. It's pretty clear that this movie is attempting to invoke Silence of the Lambs-esque ideas with slight twists on the formula. For instance, Falco has emotional baggage that might give her additional insight into the case, but it also makes her more emotionally volatile than Clarice Sterling. Likewise, Falco is angry that Lamarck is apparently making a pass at her, right as Lamarck invites her to have dinner with him and his husband. Little tweaks. The problem is that none of this flows together too well. They're just ideas that recur versus a strong through line. I'll use Falco's dark past as an example. At one point, it's revealed that Falco had had a number of mental health issues, including addiction and self-harm, and that's what kept the FBI from hiring her. Ideally, this would perhaps give her insight into the killer, who might have a similar story to tell. The eventual reveal doesn't really enforce that, minus mis misanthropy. <laughs> Instead, it's a loose idea that both her and the killer understand the not wanting to be alive anymore. It's just vague. I feel like we're a couple of exposition drops or tweaks from this to hit like a Mack truck versus just ending. The verdict is it's solid and straightforward. Though it doesn't do much to elevate itself within its genre, To Catch a Killer is entertaining enough for a soft recommendation. 6 out of 10. This has been Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie World, for the latest reviews, discussions, and more. See you next time, everybody, and stay safe.